Hey everyone, welcome back to Leadership Locker. It's Rich Cardona. You are in the right place, okay? You are in the right place if you are an entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned veteran in the entrepreneurial space. Okay, we cover a lot of different topics that are gonna help you get to where you need to be, whether it's marketing, whether it is mindset, whether it is sales, okay? I'm gonna start leaning a little bit more into podcasting and content creation and some of these things because those are really at the heart of so many people's problems. But today I wanna talk about how I applied for a director of marketing job at a, a nonprofit that I know very well and how it didn't work out. So there's this nonprofit. Uh, I know the founder very well. I know a lot of people in this organization very well. And for whatever reason, uh, I kept getting uh, kind of some nudges like, hey, Rich, this director of marketing position is open. I think you'd be great. And, you know, after you hear it from a few people, you're like, okay, now look, I have not been looking for a job. I am an entrepreneur. I have my own business. We have the podcast production business. We have the video content business as well. And then I have the podcast, which is paying me. So it functions as a business. Now, that being said, I was thinking to myself, like, damn, like, I bet I could do that. I started calling a couple friends. I'm like, I feel like such a sellout, though, because, you know, I've said I'm unemployable. Because I said, you know, like, I don't want to work for anyone again because I'm all about entrepreneurship and I'm all about sticking it out. Now, that didn't mean I was going to abandon my businesses, but at the same time, I looked at it as an opportunity to not only go in and do some fucking amazing work and get this, some of the shit fixed because I know some of the existing problems. But the other thing was that I had the potential to just make some, make six figures you know, doing something that I wanted and loved and can help. And I, I believe in the cause of this nonprofit and all these other things. And I said to myself, well, it's not necessarily like something I had in mind, but man, that would be a good funnel for the business that could fund this or that could fund that, or that could help me make this higher. And then I could be a little bit detached. You know, so I, I interviewed for it and I thought the interview went fantastic, you know, supposed to be 30 minutes. It ended up being an hour. I thought there was just like incredible rapport. And, and I was just like, dude, this is this is awesome. And I was very, very, very confident in what I was saying, because I know a lot of the lingering issues with this organization and I know how fucked up it is and how much, how many changes they go through and just how nothing is consistent and how, you know, just oftentimes people are just like, dude, what are we doing? And I thought, you know, given that I've been in a startup environment for two years, that I've been able to scale a business to, you know, 250K uh, after the first year being 69K and then who knows where we'll be this year. I was very, very confident. Now, my approach was very much less is more, less is more, less is more. Like, what are we going to focus on? Like, clearly there's way too many irons in the fire, it seems. So what can we focus on? So I, I did my absolute best in presenting what I thought would be a fantastic uh, approach. And it seemed like it was received the same way. Well, here's what happened. I got an email uh, not long after, and it was the fucking standard bullshit, you know, sorry, uh, we are going another, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, there was nothing to it. It was, it was cold. And it reminded me instantly, oh man, like it was like so vivid or deja vu, whatever you want to call it. It just reminded me of how that felt when I was getting out of the Marine Corps, retiring. And when I was getting an MBA and people were saying no left and right. And I'm like, dude, what the hell is wrong with me? You know, like it made you doubt yourself. But in this case, it wasn't that I doubted myself. I was disappointed in like, wait a second. I know there wasn't a million people applying for this job. I know there's a very short list. So how come I didn't get a fucking phone call? How come I didn't get an email, or like a real email from the person? 
not the person's, you know, recruiter or hiring manager or whatever. So that was a real big disappointment. So of course I had to ask, I'm like, well, I'd like to know what I could have done better, blah, 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 blah. I thought it went well. So got in touch with the person that I interviewed and they said something. I'm not even going to repeat it. It was lame. Um, It was just kind of like, you know, people who avoid conflict, like it was just like the safe answer. And I realized after I found out who the hire was, I'm like, they wanted the safe answer. Looks like I dodged a bullet. My mindset instantly flipped. Like I dodged a bullet. Like I've literally been watching the mayhem from the sidelines. Okay. I've been just seeing uh, the lack of continuity, the multiple band-aids, the, all these different things that are transpiring. And I'm like, man, well, lucky me, because I'm the type of person who is not just because I have control of everything that I want to do right now and my lifestyle and my work and growth and hiring and all these other things. I have so much control over that, which is fantastic, but I'm also the type of person who has really, really, really been good at dismissing anything that's not, you know, really energizing me in my life. And that's the point here. Okay. Like I was looking at something as a vehicle to fund the business, which is my entire life. Okay. In my opinion. And I was looking at it as a vehicle, but not necessarily something I wanted. And, and it's not a mistake per se, like the logic makes sense, but like if your heart's not in it, then maybe it wouldn't have worked out. But number two is what would happen if a few months in everything that I was witnessing from the sidelines and being like, oh, dude, what a mess. Now I was just part of that mess and I was in a system where I was actually now going to have to be reporting to someone and I couldn't say, this is fucked up. You know, like instead I was, I was going to be the one getting evaluated. I was going to be the one who was responsible for X, Y, Z. And I knew that I would have to deal with some of the bureaucracy associated with working in a traditional workforce. Now, look, I have no problem if you work in a traditional workforce or anything like that. This is not about that. This is about just like really letting things in your periphery get too close and and sometimes place themselves directly in the center of your flight path. Okay, like if you know what you want to be doing and if you know where you want to go, or whatever, and you are making progress and you're getting better every day, then then why dilute that by trying to look for some sort of, you know, not, not advantage, but some sort of mechanism that you feel can accelerate it in only one facet. And in that facet, it would be, well, I guess two facets. One facet would be financially and two is, uh, there's probably be some learning that occurred there. But the other thing was like, I felt really weird, like I was going to be a sellout. And one of my very, very good friends, Tally, was like, fuck that. That's a boss move. You know what I mean? Like, if you get this and you're able to fund the business, then you'll be able to back off the business and you can really set the business up in a situation where it could kind of run itself and you could be, you know, you could be kind of overseeing instead of in it so much. But the problem is, and she's right, but the problem is, like, I love being in it because I have to figure so many things out. Like, every day we get closer and closer to a better system, a better process, a better hiring system, a better product, a better way to serve uncovering something that no one else is doing, okay? And I probably would not have the ability to do that in this other organization, and I certainly wouldn't have the time capacity to do that with my own if I was dedicated, you know, to to working for them. So, look, all I'm saying is I, I really think, you know, those times when when you have the blinders on and when you do feel like you're dialed in, and even if it's, like, crazy and messy or whatever it may be, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's life, whether it's a relationship, whatever it is, 
Okay, like if you are at that place when you, where you're in your your mid thirties or like all the way to your mid forties or whatever it may be, and you are really unpacking all the things that led you to realize that you're at a point where you know your your existence is is, is a little bit discouraging because you haven't operated within your potential. You haven't created the happiness that you want. Like if you're in this position and you are in this messy road, but it is a straight line path, so to speak, to your goal and you have your blinders on, don't entertain things in your periphery. You shouldn't entertain those things, okay? Like it actually could be completely derailing. It is very easy for us when we get in these situations to try and reward ourselves with some of the progress we've made. And I, I look, I do believe it's very important to be positive and to reflect on the progress that we've made. And at the same time, like rewarding yourself usually is completely counterproductive because whatever the effort is you think it's going to take to really take control of your life, it's going to take a lot more than that. And I was trying to bring in a huge extra piece. And you know what? It probably would have disrupted everything. And now, in hindsight, I'm very fortunate, and it looks like I dodged a bullet. And this isn't some spiteful, vindictive diatribe about me failing at something or not getting something that I wanted. I think this is literally the universe being like, hey, dude, uh uh-uh, you're here, stay there. Stay on this road, stop looking around. And that's how I'm going to treat it. All right. Making a podcast like this with a video component is, is, is simply not as hard as it seems. But more importantly, you know, people think of how many people have podcasts first before they think of the effectiveness it could be in regards to their brand awareness or maybe as a new mechanism or maybe as a lead magnet or as a facilitator for the lead magnets that they have to their offerings. The other side is, hello, you get a transcript. How many blogs can you make out of the transcript from a podcast? How many pieces of video content can you make from a podcast? What is the audio content going to be? Where's it going to live? How many people can it get in front of? Those are all the things that we make happen. I love it. I'm obsessed with podcasting and that's why I offer it. And that's why it's our, that's, that's why it's, it's starting to prioritize over our video offering because I absolutely love to do it. Our clients are thrilled right now, helping their dreams come to fruition. So look, if you are interested, if you want to talk about getting your podcast off the ground, if you want to talk about saving your podcast, which you feel like you're just going to freaking pull the plug on then DM me at richcardona underscore on Instagram, okay? Or you can email me at info at richcardonamedia.com. I'm literally the dude who's gonna make sure that your podcast actually is something more than an idea. I'm gonna make sure that shit comes to life. See you next week.